This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock in Hayesville, North Carolina. It's a rainy day, a rainy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. 17th day of March 2023, and March Madness begins yesterday, and by the time the day was over, actually by the time we got to the evening, 99. 8% of the brackets across the nation had been broken. There were no more perfect brackets. My, mine is the least of I. Uh, the, the two upsets yesterday, number 13, Furman, uh, beats Virginia. And then Princeton, who in the past had a history of, uh, you know, being a team he didn't want to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Well, they turned back the clock and uh, pulled off their first upset since 1996, beating Arizona yesterday, 59-55. to Arizona, a number two seed out of the Pac-12, a team that uh, a lot of people thought would go deep into this tournament. But uh, he, Princeton didn't even take a lead in that game until there were about two minutes left. And uh, the last time they pulled off a victory like this was when they beat UCLA back in 19. 19- 96. If you remember back in the old days, Pete Carrell used to be the coach there, and they used to uh, they used to be an absolute beast to play. Um, and so uh, Princeton pulls off another one. Furman, who hadn't been in the tournament in 43 years, 43 years, beats Virginia. That's the same Virginia team, by the way, that five years ago as a number one seed got knocked off by 16-seeded UMBC. Virginia has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2019 when they beat Texas Tech for the title. So it's uh, it's been a bad run uh, for them. And uh, this one was a freaky loss. They were trying to run out the clock, and uh, one of their players threw a, a bad pass that got intercepted at half court, uh, a quick uh, pass down the, down the court, and a three-pointer at the buzzer, and the Paladins, now 28-7, and advance to the second round where they get to play fifth-seeded San Diego State on Saturday. So, it, look, that's what this is what we watched the tournament for. This is why this tournament is so great. This is why I'd like to see more mid-major teams get in because stuff like this can happen. It's great. It's the best. Uh, number one, Houston a team that I have going to the championship game in my bracket, uh, now is in trouble. They won their game yesterday against Northern Kentucky, although you know it was uh, not as easy as they thought it would be uh, because their best player, Marcus Sasser, tweaked that groin again and did not play at all in the second half. He said that he, f- he said it felt funny. 
At least that's uh, what his coach, Kelvin Sampson, said. So they shut it down, so he did not play in the second half. And now they don't know going forward if he's going to be able to play or not. They've got a date coming up uh, with Auburn on Saturday. And look, Sasser didn't play the American Conference Championship game. And they got housed by Memphis because he didn't play in that game. If he can't go, and I would, all indications are he's not going to be able to go, or if he is, he's going to be a shadow of his former self, Houston's in trouble. And there's a lot of people that have Houston winning this thing. And uh, so the 99.8% might jump up to 100% very soon. But uh, 16 more games today, starting at noontime. Lots of basketball to watch. Looking forward to that. Um, The Mets got the worst possible news they could have gotten yesterday. Edwin Diaz, who got hurt in the celebration in the WBC, uh, tore his patellar tendon. He is going to miss the entire season. Uh, Timeline for a recovery from something like this is about eight months. There's been people that have done it shorter in about six months. But even at that, even if he's one of the freaks that can do it at six months, that's the end of September, right? So he's done. And now the Mets are going to have to figure it out. You would guess that David uh, Robertson is going to be the guy that will step up. He had 20 saves last season for the Cubs and the Phillies. Um, 157 career saves. This is a guy that's you know has saved a bunch of games before. Uh, they've also got Adam Adovino out there. You know, he's only got 33 career saves, but he's a guy that is used to being in high leverage situations. So I would imagine it's going to be some combination of those two guys as they try to figure out how to navigate this season with this incredible starting rotation, this incredible lineup, but now without perhaps the best closer in baseball, Edwin Diaz. Uh, and I was also glad to see there were a lot of people stepped up, including his teammate. Francisco Lindor, and as I said yesterday on this show, people don't understand what a big deal it is for some of these players to represent their countries. The sense of nationalism in other countries is much higher than it is here in the United States. Not to say that the United States doesn't get behind international competition, but these Latin players, it is huge for them. And Francisco Lindor stepped up yesterday and said they can't cancel the WBC because of this. This was this was a freak accident, and People don't understand that that kids, little kids, grow up dreaming of representing their country, of wearing their country's colors. Yeah, they all want to play Major League Baseball, but being able to wear their colors' countries is a huge thing for them. So, uh, tough break for the Mets, no question about that. Uh, one other quick note, but Dan Sampano coming up here in just a couple of minutes to talk NFL football. We have got a lot to get to. There has been so many moves going on throughout the NFL, so we're going to talk to all about all that in just a couple of minutes. Um, Jeremy Swayman picked up the shutout for the Boston Bruins last night. They beat the Winnipeg Jets uh, 3-0 last night. Uh, Trent Frederick, Pavel Zaka, Thomas Nosek all with goals. Uh, they Frederick opens up the scoring 50 seconds of the first period. And uh, that was all she wrote. Uh, and the the Bruins' penalty kill was great. 0 for 5, Winnipeg on the power play last night. So the Bruins uh, now with 107 points on the season. And after back-to-back losses, something they desperately needed last night. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Z, Dan Zampano will join us. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 
Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. And uh, we haven't had him for a few Fridays, but Dan Sampano is uh, still with us. He's still back. There's so much to talk about in the NFL. It's like I talk about it during the show during the week, and I was like, I, Dan, I felt like I needed to have you on speed dial with all the stuff that's been going on this week. It, it must be hard, <laughs> even for somebody who's, who's as, as knowledgeable as you are, trying to keep track of all this must make your head spin at times. Yeah, I mean, the reason I think it's been this way is just because there's there's not a lot of giant names. There's one giant name out there that we'll definitely talk about. But, you know, there's not a lot of giant names. There's not a lot of quarterbacks moving around this time. Uh, the last two off-seasons have been particularly, you know, kind of wild and volatile with quarterbacks moving here and there. But I, I, think, I think with this one, there's little moves that teams are making maybe some offensive linemen, some defensive linemen that are moving around that are bigger impacts that people don't know about. But, Gene, you know, I say it every year. It's one of my favorite words and one of my favorite phrases that we have in the NFL. Happy tampering. (laughs) It's been pretty crazy with the agents, hasn't it? Yeah, it's so funny, too, because you you read all these reports, and it's tampering because nothing's official yet. And it's like, but you read all the media things, and you think this is all signed, sealed, and delivered. And and really, it's not yet. This is all just things have been agreed upon, but nothing has really been signed yet. Um, Let's start. No, no, it hasn't. There's a good point by that, though, because Monday we all heard that Darius Slay was going to get traded from the Eagles. Now Wednesday we yeah. find out that he's going back to Philadelphia. Right. So, like things can happen really quick. Well, let's start off with the team near and dear to your heart. Um, we, mm. we we find out first earlier that uh, Jacoby Myers has decided to sign with the Raiders. Not necessarily a surprise, um, I guess, with Josh McDaniels there and. Uh, you know they've got a new quarterback, and and you know I so I get that, and you know it sounded like the Patriots didn't want to pay him, but then the Patriots turn around and sign Juju Smith-Schuster, and the the terms of the contract are damn close to what Jacoby Myers got from Las Vegas. So was Smith-Schuster that big of an upgrade that the Patriots decided that's what they needed to do instead of retaining Jacoby Myers? They weren't just damn close. They were the exact same. <laughs> right. It was a three-year, $33 million contract. Now, the terms in the inside or details of all this is different because Myers is essentially a one-year prove-it deal that is front-loaded, so the Raiders can really kind of get out of it right. You know, uh, after a year. With Juju, it's the first year is very much so you know geared toward him. So this, this is... To me, I look at it this way. I, when I saw that go down, I said, man, that's pretty crazy. And, and I thought, I thought uh, Jacoby Meyer said it best on Twitter. He said, cold world. It really was true because, you know, you look at a guy like Myers, he's the only thing that has worked for the passing offense for the last two years. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, Hunter Henry's been pretty good, but I think he's been worth the money. But as far as wide receiver position, Jacoby Myers is the thing that has worked. Yeah. And I get it. Jacoby Myers is not a guy that you look at and you say he's got otherworldly speed. He's not a fast receiver, but he's very crafty and he knows he's got to get open. If this was DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy, you know, I would have said, okay, like that's an upgrade right, right. there. I just think the Patriots moved linear. 
Like I look at Juju Smith Schuster and I say, good player, but wide receiver too, just right. like Myers. Right. And if you look at the contract, if you look at the stats, I mean, you know, Myers had maybe what fifteen less catches. Right. He might have had maybe seventy to sixty less yards, but he had six touchdowns compared to Juju just having three, and they both averaged twelve yards a catch. Right. So I mean, I'm to me, you can talk about the yards after catch. Uh, you know, uh, possibilities you can get with Juju because he's probably a little bit more explosive. But if he's averaging 12 yards a catch uh, and and you're worried about, like, yak, like yards after catch, to me that yards after catch scenario comes with a passing offense, which he was in in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. A lot of Juju Smith-Schuster's yardage doesn't come because Juju Smith-Schuster gets open. It comes because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and makes Patrick Mahomes play <laughs> last year. Right. So, like, to, that, to me, and Andy Reid scheme, this is a very different offense. And to me, I'd rather, rather deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't and have Jacoby Myers there anyway. You're not really upgrading in any way. Patriots fans, and I think a lot of people are saying, well, Juju's better. It's like, no, Juju's just newer. Like, is yeah. he really better? Like, you know, I mean, that's the shine of a new shiny toy, you know, but your old toy worked just as good, you know? So I'm not sure where this is going. By the way, I heard the Patriots, and this was a three-year, $33 million contract of $11 million. That was pretty low, and what we thought Myers would go for and the Patriots would, would invest for. Yeah, I heard the Patriots were saying maybe six million dollars a year oh wow which i was stunned that that was the number i you know you hear reading the tea leaves of the boston papers about that i mean that would be shocking if that was the number and it tells me that they were ready to get myers out of there not really sure why yeah but that sounds like that's the case well you know and that's the the, the thing that i go back to with jacoby myers was that you know he, he didn't have gaudy numbers but what he was was he was Mac Jones's go-to guy? He was as I think mm-hmm. as as I think that uh, uh, so I think Jim McBride in the Boston Globe said he was essentially uh, the the security blanket for Mac Jones last year, right? And you know on third down he was one of the best third down uh, number of catches in the NFL. I think he was in the top ten or fifteen in third down catches in the NFL. So he was a guy that Mac Jones looked to to bail his his bacon out many times. And you you know that's not that kind of uh, uh, chemistry isn't easy to find, and I worry about Smith Schuster uh, with his attitude. If all of a sudden he's not getting targeted as often as he did in Kansas City, absolutely. I mean, and he's not in a passing offense, but you know what he does really well? He sure can run block. Yes, you know? I mean, you yeah. pay him eleven million dollars a year to go block for Ramondre Stevenson and now James Robinson, which is a deal that I really like. Actually, yeah, I was going to ask you um, about the, the Rob- I was going to ask you about the Robinson thing, and and and. And I get that, you know, look, his rookie year, he was really, really good, right? But then he mm-hmm. then he hurts that Achilles, what, in, in 2021? And last year he was mm-hmm. kind of like the forgotten man. It, was it just a case of he wasn't fully healed yet and, and they think he's back to being um, uh, healthy and, and this is going to be a big upgrade for them? Well, I think the Jets just really didn't know how to use him very well. Okay. I mean, you know, when they traded for him and it wasn't, it wasn't you know, I don't think he was ever going to be the feature back in that offense with the with the investment of Brees Hall and realizing Brees Hall is really good. Right. So now you've got Robinson on the free agent market, and you say, okay, Damian Harris, what are we doing with him? Are we bringing him back or are we not? And I think Robinson 
when healthy, gives you a little bit more dynamic play in terms of the passing game than Harris would. Okay. You know, Ramondre Stevenson just took on such a load last year when Harris was hurt. Right. So they didn't really have anybody behind him. I and mean, sure, you'd like to see Pierre Strong with his speed get out in the open field and do that, but is he ready? Who right. knows? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went after a smaller running back uh, in this draft, because we talked about that, remember, when, when they were the East-West Shrine game. Coaches were really working with those types of running backs. So I I expect this. I expect competition. Probably a late round running back is probably picked. Um, but just circling back to the Smith Schuster comment is that you know, and, and the wide receivers in general. If Myers isn't the safety blanket, then who is? Who is? Right. And to me, I I immediately think Kendrick Bourne. And Kendrick Bourne was really in the doghouse last year for Matt Patricia. God only knows how you get in Matt Patricia's offensive doghouse. Matt Patricia's <laughs> a defensive coordinator, but you know, you, you know, uh, mystery abounds, right, right? I right. mean, that's just the way it is. So I think KB will be definitely a guy that, and if they do that, I think Kendrick Bourne has a lot of athletic upside to be that safety slot that Mac Jones can go to. Okay, um, Patriots um, didn't haven't really made a big splash. Uh, other than Smith-Schuster, I guess. I mean, I guess uh, re-signing Jabril Peppers I thought was a good move for them, didn't you? Yeah, I thought the re-signs were good. I thought Jonathan Jones and Jones Jabril Peppers, yep. big re-signings. Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I think it was good for them to reinvest in that thing. I still think they need a corner because I don't think Jonathan Jones is going to be an outside corner. He struggled heavily against the best receivers, against Diggs, against Jefferson. They just struggled. And, you know, okay. I thought Jack Jones was actually better so you'd like to see that. You also need to see maybe somebody move to free safety now that McCordy is retired and, you know, see what you can do there. Is that where they want to put Jonathan Jones now or, yep. or maybe a Jalen Mills, you know, something like that. I still see corner. Uh, I think corner could be a first-round pick is what I think. I think that the, this corner class, either they pick it at 14 or they trade down and maybe pick it later in the first or early second. So, you know, I, I still think that's a possibility. Uh, Gene, I don't know how you can't get excited about all the backup offensive line. Well, that, that, that was where I, that's I mean, where that's I was going. That's where I was going, Dan. I was like, you know, the other part that the Patriots <laughs> need help is the offensive line, you know, and they get, you know, what, Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson, guys who are like, you know, <laughs> spot starters, and you're like, this is this is our answer? Uh, you know, so, so is the answer to the offensive line the draft for the Patriots? I think it has. I think it sets up perfectly for them to do that in the first round. You know, I, I would take corner, I would take offensive line, I'd take a tackle. Because, you know, what they do have, though, what, and I can give them at least credit for this, is they do have depth. They, you got to remember that they also re-signed Connor McDermott, who kind of was very, if I mean, if they didn't have Connor McDermott last year, they would have the zero right tackle. Right. I mean, they, just, right. they, don't, they don't have one. Right. Now, Trent Brown, you know, you hope that Trent Brown gets back to old Trent Brown, um, and and can kind of stop with the penalties and all those different things. Um, but you have Riley Reef, who's a vet. When he's healthy, he's really good. They have Calvin Anderson, who is kind of can play both right and left tackle. He's more athletic, um, but again, not ideal. He played okay for the Broncos last year. 
You've got McDermott who played okay. He's more of a backup. And and now, you know, you have McDermott as well. So, you know, you, you've got a lot of guys here. I think, you know, I've heard a lot in the rumbling as well is if the Patriots do want to make another splash move and sign, like, you know, let's say a DeAndre Hopkins and trade for him, how do they get to that money? Well, Trent Brown's a trade of Trent Brown would probably free up about $10 million in cap space. Hmm. And so, you know, there's a thought and a possibility that that could be something that they do and move to make a move for Trent Brown, either include him in a trade with DeAndre Hopkins or something of the like. I think that that could be a definite possibility as well. Wow. Well, if they're going to trade Trent Brown, if that's really a thought, they better get there better be somebody significant coming back. It better not be, you know, I, I, I don't even know what that looks like, but uh, that would be that would be shocking to me if they did that. Um, I guess maybe one of the best moves the Patriots did in the offseason is they got rid of Jonu Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a bag of balls. Yeah, well, you know, hey, you know mean, what? At this point, you take what you can get. Seriously. I mean, chalk it up as one of the worst acquisitions that they've ever made. Yeah. I mean, just horrible. They paid, I think somebody mentioned it, that they paid like $27 million a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, it was, it, it's just horrible. So to get even a seventh rounder from, from Atlanta is God said And maybe he goes back with Arthur Smith, who he was with in Tennessee. Right. And it works. You know, we'll see. But God bless him, you know. Um, yeah, go, go get your bag and do what you got to do down in the ATL. So this is a move that hasn't happened yet, but we 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 got to talk about it because it it just kind of broke yep. uh, yesterday. But uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, uh, going to the New York Jets and going on the Pat McAfee show, and I, I still I got to tell you, I I talked about this you know yesterday on the show. This whole I'm gonna I was ninety percent sure when I went into the dark room that that I was going to retire. First of all, can you? Picture yourself going into a room that is completely dark and staying there for hours on end. I think I'd go stir crazy in ten minutes. You know, you went to some retreat. No, I'm, I'm, I've. Have you done that? I'd be out. I'd, I'd, I'd start. I'd start. You know, I'd start. You know, trying to. You know, write down the days. I mean, you blow out the candle, I guess, and you know, you <laughs> you can figure out your feeling around for the bathtub. And, yeah, what the hell you know, is that? We'll feel, I, like. <laughs> Like I, this is a total. This is a new one for me. This, uh, even I, and I do some crazy things. I don't think I could do that. That yeah. would make me feel like I'm in solitary confinement or fell out of the universe. Well, you or know, something. I talked That's about it. You know, totally crazy. I talked about it too. You know, it's like we've all been in the house when the when the power goes out at night, right? But it's not completely dark. You still have the ambient light from the moon and the stars and whatever outside. It's not completely dark. Going into a completely dark room, I would, I, I think I'd very rapidly lose my mind if I haven't already. I don't think, I don't think it happens. Honestly, I think those people, whoever does it, they, they have to have, you sneak in like one of those little, you know, cave lights that you put on your head or something. Like, there's no way that they can do this for four days. I just don't believe in this. There's so, no possibility. Okay, so having said all this, um, we know that Aaron Rodgers beats to his own drummer. Uh, it's a drummer that nobody else has ever heard before, I think. Um, how is that going to play in New York? Oh, man. I, I just can't wait. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think the, the, the Daily Post had a, had a front page that said, a shot in the arm, and that was the, that was the quote. 
that was the little front page thing from Rogers joining the Jets <laughs> or intending to play for the Jets. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just going to write itself. So, you know, as far I look, Rogers clearly does not care what anybody else thinks. Of no, him. like none. It's yeah. so obvious. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think even being in New York of all places is really going to bother him that much. What does bother me, and I think that he had a point, is that there was this narrative going around that Aaron Rodgers had a demand list or something. Right. Like that he wanted Certain and that players. demand list, yeah. you know, was was like, you know, two dinosaurs. Uh, you had you had Randall Cobb out there, right? You know, you had Odell who you know hasn't played in you know fifteen months, right? You had Alan Lazard who's a B receiver. I mean, like, yeah, it's real. real that that's what we're going to hold you hostage over. Like, right. I, I, to me, the totally you know fabrication media garbage that I do not like. But you know, to I also would say this. I would say, look, this is not over. You know, the Jets and the Packers have to come to an agreement on this. Right. And if the Packers don't feel that they're getting the right compensation, you know, do they dare start getting other teams involved? I mean, who else, who else, you know, is available here? I would, I would imagine, you know, I'm shocked that, you know, a team like Indianapolis doesn't want to make this move right or you know at least a team that has totally band-aided the quarterback position you know for the last four or five years why would they not make this move i just i don't understand it you know i get the jets are super desperate but you know the jets also aren't competing against anybody so that's the problem the jets feel like you know we have all the leverage like you're definitely not bringing them back now and you know if you want to get rid of them we're going to stand pat here and give you a, um, you know, if they want to give them a first and that's it, you know, that's what else are they going to get? Right. Right. You know, I mean, how do you have any leverage in green Bay? I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah. I think that, I think the front office in green Bay handled this very poorly. Um, and, you know, and, and Rogers even made reference to this when he was on the Pat McAfee show, basically saying that the Packers are digging their heels in when it comes to compensation. Now, the Packers say that's not true. The Packers say they're not looking for multiple first-round picks. So the question then becomes, are the the Jets not even offering a first-round pick? That's, I guess that would be the first question. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, who's holding the deck of cards here? You know, right. I mean, who, who's going to, who's going to, you know, who's going to take the cheese. And at the end of the day, you know, we can all see it. Green Bay is ready for Jordan Love. Right. So, you know, to, to have a first-round pick and multiple picks or maybe players come back for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, it's a lot. But it also is contingent on how long is Aaron Rodgers going to play for yeah. the Jets? Right. I mean, you know, if he plays for a year, are you giving up more than a first-round pick? Nope. I mean, nope. and even a first-round pick seems high for that. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and don't forget, like, this division is not easy. Like, we ain't playing the Bears and the Lions every year anymore, you know? <laughs> right. This is, this, is, this is Buffalo. This is the Patriots are going to be better. Miami is super talented, probably more talented than the Jets. So, you know, all I'm saying, I mean, I look at this and I say, there just doesn't seem to be, you know, a good answer for really either team at this point, long-term for the Jets and short-term for the Packers. Yeah, you know, and I don't think, 
Aaron Rodgers even knows how long he wants to play for the Jets, right? Or anybody no. for that matter. I mean, if he was 90% no. sure he was going to retire prior to going in that dark room, I mean, it's almost like he's got one foot out in retirement anyway. So it might be, right. it might simply be a one and done. Yeah, I mean, what, what if he does another dark room? <laughs> and he goes <laughs> in and, and I'm 90% I'm going to play and comes out and says, ah, no thanks. Yeah, I right. mean, like, you know, what? You, this is like the weirdest, and you know what it is, really, honestly? Mm-hmm. This is Brett Favre 2.0. Yes, it, it is. It really is. It is. It's just, it is exactly this, that we're getting yanked around, and, and the Jets now, once again, are getting basically held hostage uh, by the Packers. That speaks and more. And how they're going to go about this. I think it speaks more to the way the Packers do their business than anything else. They don't screw around. No. Yeah. No. And if you're the Packers, well, if you're the Packers boy, you better be certain that Jordan Love is the right move here, right? Yeah. I Let mean, me tell you something. What the Packers have done for thirty odd years, it's worked. True. Not like it hasn't worked. <laughs> no, it's a good point. I mean, That's a good they've point. been competitive. Yeah. They've been competitive every single year because they do not view players as you know, they view players as replaceable. Right. Like at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to have you hang around for all these years when we can get rid of you early and can get some compensation for you and get better draft picks and get better players for two years from now. Like that's they think really, really, really long term. And, you know, it's worked for them. They're one of the most competitive teams in the league. Yeah, I guess we have to remember that, you know, and it seems like, you know, a lifetime ago, but we have to remember that. Uh, that that he was essentially the understudy to Brett Favre. I mean, just like he sat Jordan, for three years, right? Just like Jordan Love has been the understudy for Aaron Rodgers, he did the same thing for Brett Favre. So you're right. I mean, uh, but you just yeah. again, if you're the Packers boy, you just you still got to hope that Jordan Love is the right guy. And and there's no way to know you that do. until he, until he gets out there for real. Let's talk about some of the other quarterbacks yeah. that have moved around. How about Baker Mayfield, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, ladies and gentlemen? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Two and ten in his last you, twelve starts. How do you? Yeah. How as a Tampa Bay Bucks season ticket holder, how do you even <laughs> go to the games? This year? I mean, how do you even do it? You got either Kyle Trask or you go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just. And of all the things, you know, Tampa's got a good roster. They could have had a. I mean, I would have rather had a guy like Michael White or something come right. down. Instead of Baker Mayfield, right. I mean, at least you know this division is very winnable. Yep. You know, so you know we're going to see, but you're going to have you're going to have Baker or Kyle Trask. You're going to have you know Derek Carr now, right? And you're going to have um, you know Ritter or whoever the heck is going to play quarterback down there in Atlanta, and then a, a rookie in Carolina because we all know what they're doing with the number one pick now. They've done that, so. You know, I I think uh, that's a very winnable division. Let, let me ask you though. Um, you mentioned Carolina, and obviously after the, the trade they made, and 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 by the way, a great job I think by the Chicago Bears. I mean, don't you don't you agree? I mean, this was I almost thought you know when they first said that you know the Bears might be willing to shop that first pick. I'm thinking, eh, you know, I don't know, boy, you don't get that first pick very often. Do you really want to do that? But then when you think about the fact that everybody wants a quarterback and they've got their quarterback, I thought it was a great move by the Bears. 
Yeah, they definitely have their quarterback, but I would just say I, I think it's a cautionary tale. Okay. And you've got to remember that these picks have to be made, and they have to swing, and they have to hit. So we're not going to know the winner of this trade for five years. And remember the last time that this happened was when the Rams traded up to the Titans, number one pick, and the Titans got a bunch of players that mostly didn't work out. Um, they they got, you know, but they did get Derrick Henry out of it. Yep. So we have to remember that. Right. But they got Jonu Smith, and then they got a lot of players that just ended up either getting traded, like Jack Conklin, who was an all-pro and then was traded quickly, and then a, a bunch of players that just got hurt, you know? Right. So, right. and you know what the Rams, you know what the Rams got? The Rams got Jared Goff and they went to two Super Bowls and, you know, Good not point. that Jared Goff was part of the second one, but they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So be careful what you wish for. You know, and I, you know, the, the caveat for me in that draft in that, in that trade though, yep. DJ Moore coming over. I mean, yep. that sweetens the whole pot. I Agreed. Mean, that's, that's how you get it done. So, um, you mentioned Derek Henry just a minute ago. Do you put any stock in the idea that, that the Titans might actually trade him. Sure. You do. I mean, look at look at what they've done. They have gutted their entire team. I mean, oh. the, letting Taylor Lewan go, letting letting some of these big uh, names, you know, Kevin Byard, maybe one of the best free safeties in football. Like, there's a chance that he could be gone, too. Wow. You know, he doesn't want to take a pay cut. He doesn't want to take a pay cut. And, you know, they're like, yeah, we can't really afford it right now. They, they've got to cut their cap room. And they've gotten rid of they got rid of Robert Woods. They got rid of all these guys. How's I mean, that? How's that going to play uh, down the there? Titans are in a, the Titans are in a complete, complete just reboot basically, you know. And and you know what this all stems from? They had to get rid of AJ Brown. Yep. They had now have to get rid of Taylor Lewan. Yep. They had to get rid of all these good players because they can't afford to pay Ryan Tannehill. Right. So. <laughs> That's the whole crux of this whole problem. <laughs> it's 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 actually sad. It's a gross mismanagement, and now you know why the GM was fired halfway through the year last year. Right, right. Um, all right, other quarterbacks moved. How about uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, moving on to the Washington Commanders, where he is going to compete for the starting job? How do you feel about that? I mean, I know you're a big you like Sam Howell a lot. I like Sam Howell. I really do, and I think Sam Howell is going to be a baller. Uh, next year, I think he'll he'll give them a spark. Not sure if he's a long term solution, but let's give him a chance. You know, I think, you know, you talked about Brock Purdy, you know, all uh, all season, you know, and how he did. Yep. Uh, I think Sam Howell, when put in the right situation, and now with Eric Bieniemy, I think that could be an interesting, you know, kind of tandem there. I like that. Yeah, um, and I I I got sidetracked, but I was when we were talking about uh, the move with the Bears in Carolina. Carolina signed Andy Dalton, and does this mean that they are willing to draft a quarterback at number one and not have him play? I think it's just a safety valve, you know. Like so you still, guy, you still you think know, whoever I, they draft number I, one's playing? I do. I, I think, especially if it's Bryce Young, I think Bryce Young is ready to go now. Some people would speculate that, you know, oh, Anthony Richardson's got a sip for a year, so, you know, maybe that would be the pick that they make. But, you know, I, I still think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft, and I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly close, to be honest with you. Really? I, I get the CJ I get CJ Stroud, like good player, definitely like has the intangibles. Uh, I, I I just see more, you know I just see more ability 
from Bryce Young in the stop, the start, the the resetting of his feet, the the quick arm, the quick release, all those different things. I think Bryce Young's got all the things that you need to play quarterback, except he's five ten. Right. So right. you know that's right. that's the only thing that you're, you're bothered by, of course. But outside of that, you know, I think he could, you know, definitely be the guy that that kind of you know overcomes that. Uh, and, and is the outlier to a lot of these smaller quarterbacks that haven't done so well. So I just think Andy Dalton is probably just a safety precaution. They could use a, a solid backup to start a few games if Bryce Young can't go. Um, uh, how about the rumors that the uh, head coach and the owner may have different ideas about who should be that number one selection? I think there's a lot to that. You do. I, I, I've heard the same thing. I think Tepper wants who he wants. I think Tepper's all in on Bryce Young, and I'm not sure Frank Reich really knows. You okay. know, I think Frank Reich might think, okay, C.J. Stroud seems to fit my offense better, but we'll see. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, well, uh, how about what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys? I, I guess it's not really a surprise that they parted ways with Zeke Elliott. But, you know, I, I mean, they had to do this, didn't they? We talked about this. Yeah. We talked about this before the season ended, yeah, that Zeke he was probably going to play his last game in Dallas. And, you know, Zeke didn't want to take a pay cut. And so, you know, the writing was on the wall, and they had to do it. And, you know, I mean, Zeke will be a very serviceable running back. He'll be, you know, probably an upgrade for most guys. He's only twenty. He's rather. only twenty-seven years old. I, you know, it's it, you know what's so I know. Weird. you know what's so weird is you know he's been such a big name for so long. When I saw he was only twenty-seven, I had I I had to look it up. I thought maybe it was a misprint because I I would I would <laughs> you could have held a gun to my head and I would have told you he was at least thirty years old. It yeah, just seems he like he's been around forever. Was, yeah, twenty-one. Like yeah. Yeah, he was young, and he got young very quick. He was he was really good. And, you know, I uh, he's had a good career, but you know, I think he'll be a you know probably a one A in another system that will he'll be able to be more of the power. He's definitely lost a step. You could see, and yep. you know, if he if he carries you know fifty to sixty percent of the load, uh, I could see him you know t- like you know, being able to take off and really have some longevity throughout the season, but not the way Dallas was using him two years ago where right. Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard was just ready. He's just more explosive. So I think Zeke will definitely have a landing spot and find it. But Dallas, I think the more interesting move for Dallas is the fact that they traded for Stephon Gilmore. Yes, that was nice. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I thought that that was a really good move for them because Gilmore – you know, he he leaves New England. He he ends up going to Carolina. And, you know, he kind of has a little bit of an eh year. And then last year kind of had a resurgence at 30, at 29. And now he's 30. Yep. And I think that he could provide with him and Trayvon Diggs on both sides. You know, you, you got to prepare for, for you know, Hurts and, and for some other of these quarterbacks here, the NFC is so weak at quarterback now; it's disgusting. But you know, <laughs> you, you still you still have some good receivers that you're going to have to deal with, and I think Gilmore gives you the ability to do a lot more with your defense and not have to worry about one side of the field. Um, how about the move? This one, I have to be honest. This one really surprised me. Jamal Williams going to the Saints. 
he had a heck of a year last yeah. year. I mean, he had what? He didn't he lead the NFL in touchdowns last year? Yeah, and and you know what this does too is like same thing. It's like Kamara is not isn't getting up there now and running back years too. Right. You know, and it, Kamara they if they want to use Kamara, they can have Kamara and Williams on the same you know on the field at the same time. Kamara is a weapon. Yep. I mean, he's not really a running back. He's more of a weapon. Right, right. And so, you know, you it gives you the ability to have a, have a you know, good, solid power back that can also, you know, kind of, you can use and play action and, and get Kamara the ball in different ways. So, you know, I think, I think that was a, probably a pretty shrewd move by New Orleans. They're going to do what they're going to do. And, and now with Carr in the mix, I think that'll, that'll, you know, give them more opportunities to, to get him the ball. How shocked were you that they re-signed Michael Thomas? You know, honestly, I forgot that Michael Thomas existed. So <laughs> I mean, he's I been like, hurt. He's been hurt so shocked. much. Pretty shocked. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt so much. Yeah. He's hardly been on the field. And when I saw that they re-signed him, I was, I was, I, I was incredulous. I, I just, I didn't understand that for a team that struggled with the salary cap. That seemed like that that money could have gone to somebody that you'd have a better, you know, think they maybe have a better chance of staying on the field. Uh, but that's just yeah. me. A couple other moves, you know, I, we talked about Carolina earlier, but. Uh, I thought they made a couple other good moves. How about Miles Sanders? Yeah. How about, I, mean, I mean, if you look at if you look at Carolina, Carolina last year, like they were one of the best running football teams the second half yeah, of the year. Yeah. Like they they really played well yep. down the stretch running the football with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. And now you're gonna give Miles Sanders a chance. You know, I, I think Sanders obviously is gonna give a little more speed with his power than a Deontay Foreman. Yep. So I, I think that was a good move. I thought the other good move they made uh, was getting Hayden Hurst tight end from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I thought that mm-hmm. was another good move. I mean, you you look at at look they got a new head coach. You look at some of the the play, play, people that they've added in free agency, and then you think about the fact that they're going to draft you know a franchise quarterback. I mean, this things in Carolina could turn around very very quickly. Well, they have a great defense. There's no question. But my right. God, have you seen that receiver room? Well, I mean, it's worse than the Patriots. Well, I, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it is bad. Yeah. They just got rid of DJ Moore, and now they have you know uh, whoever, whatever you know, Bishop Gibbons High School down there in North Carolina <laughs> is playing receiver for them. Right. You know, so it's it's not good. Um, it's a good time to be an offensive lineman, especially if your name is Orlando Brown. How about the deal that he got from the hmm. Bengals? Four years, $64 million. But I'll tell you what, if there was a team that was begging for somebody like Orlando Brown, it was the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. I mean, no question they needed to upgrade that left tackle position. Now, here's my thing. there are. This is not a healthy offensive line market right now people are overpaying for offensive linemen that are let's say you know just better than what anything else is out there right you know like there's no really great offensive lineman right now on the market like orlando brown is a good player there's no question about that he's not anywhere near that number right good you know i mean it's ridiculous look at and then and then you could go down the line i mean how about Jawan Taylor from getting what he got from the Chiefs, you know, and he's a right tackle. I mean, and he got a lot of money. Mike McGlinchey getting from the Denver Broncos. Right. I mean, 
he's a six foot nine monster at right tackle, but he really struggles and you know in drop back pass situations, and that's why the 49ers were all up in the play action because right. they knew McGlinchey was struggling at right tackle in the drop back. So, you know, I, these guys are getting monster deals, and and honestly, Gene, you know, I know we're talking about linemen, but I want to go to to to. McGlinchey and and Denver mm-hmm. just for a second because sure. what they're doing what they're doing in Denver is quite interesting. You look they signed Mike McGlinchey. Yep. They signed Ben Powers. Okay. okay from from Tennessee. Yep. They get a couple of guards. You know. I mean, and now you're hearing that they're shopping Cortland Sutton. They're shopping KJ Hamler. They're shopping Jerry Judy. Does it sound like they're trying to let Russ cook much? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And to me, Sean Payton's like, I don't care how much money we're paying you, dude. If you don't play better, we're running the football. Right. You know, we're getting behind and running, running, running. And we're going to make sure that, um, you know, we have something to backstop this this garbage quarterback play that you've been putting out. Oh, by the way, they also signed Jared, Jared Stidham. Stidham. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, why would they sign Jared right. Stidham? I mean, that's like, what are they doing with that? Maybe, maybe, you know, they wouldn't be afraid to sit Russ if he stinks still. Oof. You know, I mean. Can you imagine? That oh, the, my God. Stidham, Stidham played well in the last couple of games for Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just—it's interesting what's going on in Denver. It just really is. Uh, speaking of interesting, how about Jimmy G going to head to the Raiders to be reunited with Josh McDaniels? And I guess you know, I, I mean, look on the face of it, I—I don't—I I think it, it could be good. The problem is, just like in San Francisco, how long is Jimmy G going to stay upright? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the issue—is like. They have Colton Miller at left tackle, and they have nothing else. Right. I mean, they just don't have a great offensive line. And, you know, what's crazy is, you know, I actually love Jimmy G for this offense. I think it'll work great. I okay. think him under McDaniels will be fantastic. And, I, and I, I think that he got a good deal. He goes to a place where he can be successful. Uh, they, they get Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag, so yep. he's going to be there still. He'll be able to run the football. Um, they get Jacoby Myers. Good. Great. Love it. But now then, you, you know, Darren Waller. I mean, what are we thinking about that trade? Yeah. You know? I thought it was I strange. Mean, it was quite strange. For a, thir- for a, I mean, what, for a third round pick. To, to, to the Giants. I mean, yeah. you know, I think it's a great move for the Giants. I mean, the guy's a top four pick. Right. Agreed. A top four tight end. Yep. But, you know, what was going on with Waller? You know, there's got to be more to that 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 we don't know. That McDaniel's maybe it's starting to it's starting to make me question McDaniel's in a lot of ways. To say, you know, yeah, maybe you want to implement your team and and figure this out, and but you know, you got a really talented guy here, and you're going to let him go so you can sign your Kobe Myers, right? And and you know, Philip Dorsett, right? Guys like that. I mean. What are we? What are we? What are we really doing here? I mean, think about it. Jacoby Myers is a slot receiver. They have Hunter Renfro. Yeah, you know, I mean, true. they're paying a lot of money to slot receivers. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It is. It, 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 
it sketches me out what's going on in Vegas right now. Uh, how about uh, sp- staying in that division? Speaking of uh, the AFC West and uh, uh, what how, <laughs> the soap opera that is the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers uh, continues. <laughs> now Austin Eckler wants out of town. And basically, I yeah. guess he's tried to renegotiate his contract, and the Chargers have said, no, we're not doing that. So he's asked to be traded. Um, this, I mean, honest to God, that has got to be the most entertaining franchise uh, in the NFL in terms of soap opera uh, storylines. Because they're just so talented, and they just don't understand how to win. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. You know? And, and to me, like, now Eckler is a piece – where if you're going to move somebody, he's probably the one to get moved. Because if you really think about it, like, you know, Eckler takes a beating. He I does. Mean, he has a lot of catches. Yeah. But he takes a beating, and yeah. he's a small guy. True. You know, tough, but small. Yep. And, you know, he probably will have a good career. Might but be a short one. he a number one back? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, and I'm sure he's heard that his whole life. <laughs> so, you know, with, with – uh, but with Mike Williams healthy, Keenan Allen healthy, you got to have that be the case. Yep. I'd like to see them get a tight end in this draft and really be dynamic over the middle. And and they've shored up their offensive line. They've they've gotten that done. They also badly just do not stop the run. I mean, for all the yeah. we talk about all the time, yep. for yep. all the Brendan Staley hype, it's just ridiculous how yeah. bad his defense is. Agreed. So to me, I, I would say there's definitely. I think they're in the market for a running back and a tight end. Don't be surprised if they try to swing on either B. John Robinson uh, in the first round from Texas, who's going to be really dynamic, or Jameer Gibbs maybe later from Alabama. You know, there's some there's some pretty decent running backs out there. So you know, to me, I think the Chargers are just uh, they're they're they just do not understand how to win football games especially through the coaching. Their coaching is just a, a mess. So they can add all the pieces they want, but right. until they fix that part of their culture, yep. uh, it's just going to be the same old thing. Who did we miss? Did we hit all the highlights for uh, all the names that have been out there? Did we miss somebody? I feel like we I feel like we, we hit most of them. Yeah. You know, I think if there's anything else that comes down the pike, I think we're – I mean, I, I think the, the interesting – we didn't talk about Jalen Ramsey. Oh, you forgot. that yeah. one. Right, so, right. Well, uh, and um, they, they get a trade to Miami. Yeah, and then that just, I mean, uh, you know, but again, when you go with Miami, Miami has now has come out and said that they are committed to Tua being their quarterback again going forward. So, right. you know, uh, it's great. I mean, you know, maybe their defense is going to be better, but, you know, until they fix the – or, or until, until Tua uh, proves to be better than Tua's been, then that's not really going to – at the end of the day, that's not going to help them, is it? Well, they also cut Byron Jones. Yes. So he's right. gone. And then now what? Now is Xavier Howard, you know, they got cap stuff too. So is Xavier Howard going? I mean, could be. Where's mm. he? Is he going to get cut? Mm. You know, I mean, who knows? So maybe they bring over Ramsey knowing mm, we probably need Howard. Yeah, uh, could you be. know, we probably may have to get rid of Howard yep. and draft somebody, you know. And, and like you're right, you know, the real question is in all of this is how does Miami seriously look at us in the face and tell us that they're not in on Lamar Jackson? Yes. You know? Agreed. Like, how how could they? And, and they and may really be. any team. And they may be. We don't know. Well, I mean, they, I, uh, how could they not be? I mean, that's where right. he wants to play. Yeah. 
So, you know, if he go to Miami, Game I think if, you know, it's not, I mean, that would be huge. Oh, it would be yeah. massive. Oh, oh it, it, just think about, just think about what that division would be like. If Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, Lamar Jackson goes to Miami, you've got what you've got in Buffalo, and the Patriots are still trying to, to, to get back to the, <laughs> to, to the old day. I mean, the Patriots become, arguably, the Patriots become the last place team in that division. Well, I don't know if you've seen the odds makers, but Patriots are currently 8-1 to one to win the AFC East. They are the last in the AFC East. Yeah, well, doesn't surprise Vegas. me. I, I don't pay any attention to odds makers, so, but that does not surprise me. You know, I mean, uh, you know, well, before you know, it, 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 it's it's you know, but that could. Uh, and if you're if you're Miami, you know, the the question becomes though, how do you afford Lamar Jackson? Well, that's the great question, yeah. isn't it? I mean, do you yeah. cut Davian Howard to do that? I mean, is that like, enough? That's what I'm saying. And it, is it enough? I, I, we'd have to look at the numbers, obviously. But yeah. like, what what about other teams? Like, what about Atlanta? Like, how can Atlanta sit there and be like, oh yeah, Desmond Ritter? Good. Like, you know, we're all that's set. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, we're all set. You know, I mean, that's, that's I mean, seriously. You know, I, you know, know what? Maybe, that, maybe they're planning on drafting Stetson Bennett. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. put them in the seats. They'll put them in the cheap seats there. All those Georgia fans. Yeah, yep. You know, double up Saturday and Sunday. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah, I, I think Lamar, Lamar is the next big domino to fall okay. here. You know, I, I think that's that's where we're going to be, you know, draft area, draft time. And, you know, outside of that, you'll see names like, you know, that we'll watch like Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, right. you know, Jerry Judy, guys like that, that you'll be like, wow, that's a good move or, you know, this, that, and the others. So I think it's great. We didn't talk about my favorite one. I thought the best free agency signing, and I'll just let you go after this. Yeah, tell me. Javon Hargraves, Hargraves to the 49ers. I mean, that guy – that guy was an animal for the Eagles at D tackle. Yep. I mean, he was the best D tackle they had, and now the 49ers get him. Good defense gets strength better. Strength on strength. Yeah. De- yeah, exactly. Strength on strength. I mean, that was – I mean, that is going to – not only is it going to strengthen the Niners, but it kills the Eagles. It's like a direct blow to those two teams that really are the best two teams in the NFC right now. So, San Francisco, it's good to be a 49er fan because – the Eagles are just losing everybody. Yep. There's not, and then Rodgers is out of the conference. Like, there's a huge vacuum yep. that needs to be filled in the NFC, and the 49ers might be the team to do it. Well, I'm sure we're going to have some more stuff to talk about, so I'll keep you on speed dial. Um, but one other thing I want to just talk to you about before we go, and and you've 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 watched the NFL for a long time, and and I wanted to bring up. Jalen Carter, the the defensive tackle from from Georgia, yeah. uh, who was going to be going to the combine and then found out that it was a warrant out for his arrest for you know uh, racing his vehicle and some other things, and then he then he can, has a has a basically a pro day and everybody comes and watches him and this guy is nowhere near what anybody expected. It's almost like when the Chargers came down, he just started drinking and eating and you know I mean he was slow, he was having trouble finishing the drills and. Um, how much weight do NFL teams put into problems that, uh, that kids have at college or right after college? I mean, it looks, Stetson Bennett's another example of Georgia. Kirby Smart's got a lot of things to answer for Georgia, by the way. Um, but, but these things that, mm-hmm. th- these kind of things that happen, how much attention, how much does that play into NFL draft? 
I, I think it plays a lot in considering, you know, of the situations that we've had in the past, you know, there are teams that are more risk averse than others when it comes to behavioral issues. Okay. You know, you, you see a lot of teams that will just automatic. No, like we're not taking this guy character flaw. Okay. We're not going to do it. Yep. You know, but then there are teams, you know, that are, don't care and they'll take the value pick. You know, I think you can look at, you know, teams like the Raiders have done this in the past. Teams like the Chiefs definitely are a team that have, you know, been fine with character issues. Um, so, you know, Jalen Carter's a great player. Yeah. Um, and I think that he'll have a fine career more than likely. I, I don't, and I really hope that obviously he wasn't involved in that situation. Right. And that he, he wasn't at fault. Um, and I also hope that this doesn't derail him towards his career, but at the same time, justice has to be served in that situation. And it was a very, very sad situation that ended up happening. So Carter, you can see, I think a lot of it is weighing on him. I think so. And he's already, he's dropping, he's dropping off draft boards left and right. And, you know, not to get cynical about this here, but you know, you think maybe the Bears made the trade down to nine with the Panthers? Thinking maybe, they maybe could get thinking mm, Carter mm. might be there anyway. Mm. You know, interesting. Uh, I don't know. So you, that, you is little, know. that is a little that is a little cynical, you, Dan. But that's okay. Yeah, you know that's me. Classic <laughs> New England cynic. So you know that's that's the way we work. But in all seriousness, Jalen Carter, whatever happens here. Uh, if he's if he's proven innocent, which you know it sounds like he's not going to be charged with anything, yep. from what we understand, then he needs to just move on. He'll probably drop in the draft. He'll get the Laramie Tunsil treatment. You know, he'll get the L. Collins treatment. Well, yep. L. Collins wasn't even wasn't even picked, right. which is crazy. Um, and he's turned into a good good player. Um, but you know what? You just go you just go along. Look at those guys now. I mean, both of those guys. Well, Collins a really good player. Larry Tunsil's a pro bowler. Yep. I mean, you know, you go on and you move on from what you do and you try to be the best person that you can be while you're in the league. Well, That's all at, you can do. And at the end of the day, Dan, you and I were both 20 years old once. How many stupid things yeah. did you do when you were 20? I still do stupid things <laughs> all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean. I'm I, just the village idiot, yeah. you know? Uh, but but you know what? I, I, yeah, I've learned a lot, no question. I yes. completely get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that defines the rest of your life, and, and hopefully Jalen Carter is able to move on. But uh, I just want to get your perspective right. on that because I know that, that it has to, to you know, I can, like for instance, I can imagine Bill Belichick being one of those guys that doesn't want to deal with that kind of headache i don't think it's even bill belichick i think it's robert Kraft, Kraft after yeah, what happened yeah. with aaron hernandez yep, like, yep exactly no, that's not gonna not kryptonite gonna kryptonite absolutely well my yeah. friend thank you very much for your insight we will uh, well as i said we'll keep you on speed dial because i'm sure we've got lots more to come anytime you need gene when the patriots trade for that you know backup left guard i'll be here <laughs> on the call to beautiful to, to service it, and then, of course, the draft when they draft the punter in the seventh round. I'm very excited. <laughs> That's great. Dan Sapano here on Sports Country Radio. 
That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Enjoy March Madness all weekend. Uh, I imagine we probably have a few more upsets in store. We'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. We leave you this morning. A little music by Stevie Ray Vaughan because why not?